it's time for the Slick Show. A wannabe radio jock with his dumb views on pop culture, current events, and those weird thoughts that cross your mind in the shower, he's holding your ear holes hostage from bad content. It's the Slick Show. That is right. It is the Slick Show. I am Slick. Radio name given to me a long time ago by a boss very far away. It's wild to think, man. I I don't know. I'm probably peeking a little bit there, and I'm sorry. Just kind of working boards and trying to get everything mixed perfectly. Yeah, I am Slick. I uh, formerly of the Bubba Love Sponge show of... Mad Monkey, uh, all sorts of different shows uh, there on the Bubba Radio I.O. I'm no longer a part of that. It's nothing against those guys. They're kicking ass doing their thing, I guess. I don't know. But I wanted my own thing, and now this is it. This is my own thing, an hour podcast every Friday night starting at 9. It is me, the Slick Show, with me and my stories. You can always... You now know where to find me on Twitch. Find me sometime at some point soon. You're going to enjoy it. It's just going to be about pop culture, whatever else comes to my mind, things that I want to do, talk about. You know, I'll find stories throughout the week. I've got a couple, I've got a little bit of a bit thing too. I've wrote down, I was trying to turn it into a whole ordeal, but I wasn't sure how I wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to kind of label it off and I'll leave that for more when I have, you know, things down the line. When I, I, I start kind of growing, we'll get those in. But like I said, this is the Slick Show. I am Slick. A little more about me is, like I said, I uh, started interning for the Bubba the Love Sponge Show back in the day, 2012, and was I worked there for several years, even before getting paid. And after that, I left. I went to go do other stuff. Uh, I went focus on school. I went and did salvage for a year. And then a couple years later, I went back, joined up at the Beasley Media Group here in Tampa, and was have been a part of working over there. I love it. I love working in radio. I work also at another radio station. I'm a board op most of the time, and that's that's my thing. I love radio. Absolutely love radio. I've always wanted to be in radio since I was about like middle school, high school. I've loved people in radio there. I've followed plenty of careers of great personalities uh, that I know that I actually get to work with right now, and that's probably a story for another day because one of the greatest personalities that I get to work with is a guy that I used to listen to back in the day when I was uh, in Afghanistan. That's another little thing about me is I am a veteran. I also currently serve. I am in the Florida National Guard. I am actively serving. I'm always out there. You'll find me. And so sometimes on these Friday shows, you're going to actually kind of probably see me doing them from the back of a truck or something there in the military. I may even just randomly live stream then. I have plans for that that are on a ticket down the line. But if you're here right now, you're probably either watching the replay or looking into the future. Uh, you probably saw the tagline, which was, you know, he, he stabbed his own son. Or he attempted to, at least. So that's going to kind of go into the stories that I have today. So we're going to actually reach over into my story deck because I've actually done a little bit of show prep looking through. I wanted to make sure that I had some stuff to talk about in an hour's worth. That's the idea. This is a podcast for an hour. We're going to be talking for a straight hour. After that, you have. And we're going to hit all sorts of topics, uh, especially this week. We're going to do a little bit of uh, politics because I do work for a a couple of political radio stations. Uh, But we're also going to have some little fun stories that I think are just, you know, entertaining. Uh, It's not my goal to sit here and tell you about politics. You can go find your local media outlet for that. That's your thing. I don't want to tell you how to believe what you believe if that makes any sense. I just want to hang out and talk to you like it would be like a shock radio show. That's what I enjoyed. That's what I loved. I always enjoyed that kind of factor, like saying the things, doing the things. But this is also so I can kind of start building an audience so I can have some fun. I want to hang out with people and do what radio does best back in the day, which was just get out there and be entertaining. Be an entertainer. And that's what I want to do. So... Looking at our stories, we're going to flip over real quick to this Chrome. I have a couple for you. Uh, we're going to actually listen to the audio of this guy doing his opening arguments. Is a murder suspect accused of stabbing and setting a fire to his son. Cross-examined the 11-year-old in court. We actually have the uh, audio for that. His name is Ronnie O'Neill. He's a crazy dude. 
Uh, we'll read the story and visit the audio. It went viral, obviously, for its reasons. And if you haven't seen it, this will be the first place you see it. You should do it. It's going to be awesome. Um, Biden's li- Biden gave a list of 16 critical infrastructure entities that must be off limits to cyber attacks. I'm going to tell you my issues with that. Um, it's not so much as like my issues with Biden. I don't. You don't need to know about those. I have my own. Uh, that and don't don't let that be a talking point either for. You know, oh, well, this military guy is saying he doesn't like Biden. It's not it at all. Um, there are a lot of things I didn't like about the previous administration and the administration before that. But those, those are my opinions. I don't speak for anybody but myself. I cannot stand the goddamn phrase, oh, well, I speak on behalf of, you don't speak for me. Nobody speaks for me. Clearly, I have now a platform that I'm speaking on. Other people will have that. Nobody speaks for me. I speak for me. But I do have this one too now. Gorilla Glue Girl releases her hair care line after a disastrous viral video. And I'm going to help her out. I'm going to send her a bunch of my taglines that I kind of came up with while I was like, you know what? Her hair care product's going to need some kind of catchy quip. And it's it's pretty funny. It's just going to be a funny little thing that we can talk. you can talk about and you can go, ah, look, this guy doesn't know anything about marketing. And then maybe if we have time to get to it, the man accused of faking and kidnapping to scam his own grandparents. Um... Crazy enough, this didn't happen in Florida. I was trying to find the Florida man story because I always am going to try to find one. Because if Florida is known for anything, it is the fact that we have the Florida man. It is our natural defense against predators from people of New York and California and all these other blue states because I will have to hit that one. Uh, We have the Florida man. Most people are afraid of him. He is a legend. Uh, He is a legend in the state of Florida, everywhere else. He's kind of a... uh, a mystery and somebody to be afraid of. You should be afraid of the Florida man. But with that, we're going to go ahead and get into this first story. It is a murder suspect accused of stabbing and setting fire to his son, cross-examined at the 11-year-old in court. Now, this is the big thing. He is in court, so he has only been accused. He hasn't actually been charged with it, so he's guilty until proven uh, guilty, innocent until proven guilty. Said that backwards like an idiot. Innocent, so he's innocent. But as he does this, uh, as he does the the, the his initial arguments and stuff like that, it gets kind of out of hand. He's he's representing himself. That's that's the thing that this story is kind of missing right here. And it's from in, it, Yahoo's reporting on it, but it's from Insider, and he's actually representing himself. So it says a murder suspect accused of shooting his girlfriend, axing his nine-year-old daughter in the head, and then stabbing and lighting his son on fire, cross-examined the same 11-year-old survivor Wednesday in a jaw-dropping courtroom scene. Um, and if you can look at this guy here, we're going to make note of him when we get to the video. Uh, he's, he's just, you can tell he's over it from the first start. So in the televised cross-examination, Ronnie O'Neill, who has been representing himself at trial, one point asked his son, did I hurt you the night of the incident? And the boy who attended the hearing virtually from the Child Victim Resource Center responded, yeah, you stabbed me. Now, this is an 11-year-old son. Now, the 11-year-old's actually been adopted by the uh, detective that's kind of overseeing the case. And that's kind of like a, a big deal to me because I like having to put your father on blast is a wild idea. Like, I'm just not so... Like, what was going through this guy's mind when he went all through this? So... We're going to watch that audio. I don't think it actually gets into the uh, to the point where it says that. Uh, I haven't found a good video for that. Uh, the O'Neill is charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one account of attempted murder in connection to the 2018 incident just south of Tampa, Florida. He has pleaded not guilty to all charges and told jurors his son witnessed nothing and accused police of co- uh, coaxing the boy into accusing him. Coercing, not coaxing. Uh, O'Neill previously gave a fiery emotional opening statement pacing around the courtroom, and that's what we're actually going to be watching, and shouting out accusations of evidence tampering. So he's actually not even trying to deny that he's doing it. And that's what I kind of got from it. Uh, He's essentially saying that I'm being framed by the state of Florida. This is all a hit job. And it says we are, uh, the quote that we're going to watch that too, is we are under some sort of vicious lying, fabricating, fictitious government you've ever seen. Uh, By the time it's all said and done, you will see that the mass murderers in Tampa Bay, um, (laughs) and then it's got like this little byline right here. It's like, defendants have the right to represent themselves, but experts say they probably shouldn't. Yeah, duh. You know, 
if you think you there's been very few people who've gotten away with it, and uh, to me that's wild. Like why 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 would you say something like that? Like why would you agree to defend yourself? You should have like try to get the best because I'm gonna tell you, I, j- just based off his arguments, I'm not really feeling it. So. Oh, uh, legal experts suggest that O'Neill's cross-examination will backfire. Many people try to defend themselves in court, but they typically do it in civil or misdemeanor cases, not murder trials. One notable exception was, you know, Ted Bundy, who confidently represented himself at a trial, but still was convicted. He then later confessed to 30-some murders before his execution. Uh, defense attorney J. Wendell Gordon served as standby counsel for convicted D.C. sniper John Allen Muhammad, who famously represented himself on six murder charges. Uh, don't give me... So... It, it, this guy is given a quote on uh, defense attorney uh, Gordon is given a quote. And he says, don't uh, don't get me wrong. I don't recommend it. It's not a great idea. He's there, I guess, I believe as a co-counsel to kind of like, yo, hey, bud, shut the hell up. Um, he said that there's little data that representation among criminal defendants, let alone how successful they are when they forego lawyers. But limited data on federal cases shows that self-represented defendants are much more likely to be found guilty at trial. Like, I don't I don't I, I don't know if it's like a, I don't trust the white man type deal, that thing that's going on with him. But we uh, we we're going to see that here, though. We're going to watch this video uh, and we're I'm going to pause it here and there and kind of talk about what's going on. So let's go ahead and start it. So this guy right here I was mentioning earlier, you'll see him. He just like kind of he'll shake his head every now and then, kind of lay back down. He's just like, "Oh, come on, man." Like I, I I believe that his idea is, is he's trying to go for like, you know, I'm a powerful speaker type deal. If I say it really loud, people are going to believe what I have to say. And it's it's not working. Like off the start, I'm going to tell you, like even before knowing the case, because I didn't really know the case. I've only seen I saw the video and saw him going. And I was like, what the hell is this idiot doing? Because like no, no defense attorney or attorney I've ever seen well to do uh, ever has hair kind of like sticking up like this dude. Like, he's presentable for the most part. I give him that. Guy got out, got a suit and tie. Granted, his tie's crooked. You know, not sure where Gordon was to go. Come on, bro, put your tie, at least put your tie on tight. Um, He looks a little disheveled, like he's kind of been up. He's got a lot of bags under his eyes, so you can tell he's been out at arrest. And again, it, he's on murder trial. What idiot isn't going to be, you know, stressed out? So let's continue on. There's my boy in the back. I like him. He's just like, yo, man, I'm no, no, we ain't doing this. So what he's essentially saying in his opening arguments is that he's trying to get people out uh, that he is he he's been he was actually innocent, but the law enforcement are the real reason that he's in there. I don't see that. Like I, for already from the story that I read, which in the future tells of the son just coming out, I was like, "Yeah, you stabbed me." Like I don't think he's been. I don't think the son's been coerced. Like it's kind of already shady that the son's been adopted by the detective guy, and I get that. That can be like your argument against it, but it, why? I mean, wh- wh- what purpose does that have? I'm trying to get the, give the boy a better home, and 
he, he's obviously going to have to live with the fact that, you know, he's going to be a social media pariah for a while because this video went viral. So everybody is going to know who Ronnie O'Neill III is when it comes to it. Now, he's got, like, this whole, like I said, this loud yelling and blaming other people. He's not taking any accountability, which if you're going to learn something about me, it's I want accountability for everything. If I mess up, I'm going to make sure that I'm accountable for something. If somebody else messes up, they need to be held accountable. And I guarantee he messed up. Like, his idea of trying to get the government to take the blame for this, I don't think is going to go very far. This video is from Bay, uh, Tampa Bay 10, too. So I want to say in all of this that he actually hasn't mentioned the fact that it just shows that my son didn't see me do it. He didn't say that he didn't do it. So there's still a chance that, you know, he did it. He just never admitted that. All he pretty much said was that my son didn't see me. Okay. That doesn't mean that you still didn't do it. And that's what I, if I was sitting on the jury, that's what I'd be like, all right, so did, did you shoot her still? Yo, even calling this son a liar, man. That's that's wild. Like I look, I you can call me a liar all you want. You can tell me I'm an idiot. I, I'm a pretty big hill jack. Like when I when it comes to being a dummy, uh, I'm one of the biggest dummies. I, I I'm not there yet. Like I, I'm I'm smart enough that I've gone pretty far just on general intelligence. Like I can troubleshoot when I have issues with certain things. I've I got a, a sick memory for dumb things. Like I can, I went all the way up to a regional competition for the National Guard. It was the NCO of the year, all the way up to the state. It's a tough thing, and part of it is a board, so you got to be smart. But I, I'm smart enough to know that if I'm going on trial for murder, uh, that I'm getting a lawyer at some point. Hopefully, a good one. Like I, I know a few good good lawyers around here. Hopefully, they'd be willing to take me in. And it's, and I feel bad for the boy. I feel bad for his son because his son had to get up there and go. His his dad goes, "Hey, how you doing, Ronnie?" And I, I think that's the boy's name. And he and he goes, "Did you do you remember seeing me stab you?" And he goes, "Yeah, you stabbed me." Like that right there is like at that point, if I was the judge too, like if I had a, you know if I was smart enough to be a judge, I'd be in like, "All right, yeah, you know what? You're you're going to jail, dude. Like, there's nothing." It, He's not, I don't want to say that he's not mentally there, but I feel like if somebody kind of like dug into it, you'd find that he's probably got a little bit of like mental issues going on. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not sitting there saying that you can't have uh, like something not, like not right in the head, but maybe, you know, probably not defend yourself, man. Like that, that was just like the worst of it. And what what I don't know what he's trying to gain out of it. That's the thing. What what are you trying to gain out of it? By defending yourself, what are you really getting? Like I said, is it against something against the man? You're not getting off. By the f time that the son had already said, "Yeah, you stabbed me. You're the one who did this." That's it. Any jury that's sitting there watching that's going to go, "All right, chalk that one up to a free meal for the next couple of days. This dude's a guilty." And that's it. So that's what the one I that was the one I like I saw when I when it came to Florida man stories what more than the one that went viral about a guy doing that like when all else fails just remember you're you're out, you're you have a right to a lawyer if you can't get one one will be appointed for you take the one that's appointed for you even if he's not that great just take him it's going to be something better than some, anything cuz right the, I don't 
I don't think Florida is a uh, execution state. Execution state. Uh, yeah, I guess Florida does have a death row. Um, part Florida death row, Florida Department of Corrections. You can go to see an execution list. Let's take a look at that. So, do do do. I like DuckDuckGo for any of you. Oh, come on. It's www.dc.state.florida.us. You can go and see the list. Like I'm just saying, you're probably going to die. And I hate to tell you that, but but whole oh, yeah. So if you're well, the site's kind of <laughs> off end, but you can go like to each county and find execution list. Oh, this will even go back to like date sentence and seventy three, date received, date of execution seventy nine. Yeah, no, look, the last person to actually be executed was over in Duval County, Biles Gary Jr. I wonder what he did. We're going to get into one of these weird things go there. Uh, it was an American serial killer executed in 2019 for the murders of six men in 1994. He is sometimes referred to as the I-95 killer. Oh, man. What about Ron, Long Robert J? Man. Florida, this is why you should not be coming to Florida. Uh, Bobby Joe Long was an American serial killer and rapist who was executed for the murder of Michelle Denise Sims. Long abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered at least ten women in the Tampa Bay. Gosh. Yeah, there's some. Tampa had a serial killer not too long ago. Uh, we had a guy that was coming out and shooting uh, women all the time. It's it's really weird. So, I do want to get into this story. Um, and the thing I have about this story, I work for uh, a conservative talk radio station. I'm j- I'm just the board op. I, I'm very center when it comes to politics. I very much agree with certain points on both sides. But I have my issues even with those points. So I like to think that I, I, I'm, I'm open to hearing a good argument for any side on anything. Uh, except for things like, you know, you, you can't take the guns away. That's like I have a few guns. That's against the Second Amendment. Second Amendment says rights shall not be infringed. I'm a big Tim Pool believer on that one. He's the one who's like, yo, this is what the Constitution says. And I was like, well, you know, I did swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. So... Yeah, I'm gonna have to say agree with that one. Like you, your right to bear, uh, bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, when it comes to more politics and things like that, that's you know, like I said, I I know I, I can tell you a few of my favorite politics uh, politicians right now: Ron DeSantis, Ron Paul, Ted Cruz. I like Ted Cruz. I know he's a big conservative and stuff like that. Um, and, and he's kind of there, uh, and so is Ron DeSantis. Uh, Dan Crenshaw and the West Virginian uh, West Virginia Senator uh, the Democrat uh, oh man I can't think of his name I can see it in my head Joe Manchin I like Joe Manchin because Joe Manchin uh, dep- decide, even though he sits on the blue side he's like yo if it's right is right and as long as we're doing right by the by the people I feel like that's you know if you're West Virginia you've got a really bang in senator, uh, bang up senator he's bad Excuse me. He's badass. Like straight. He's straight up badass. He's he's the kind of guy that stands up against uh, things. He he'll stand up against the blue and go, look, man, this this just isn't right. And you need that. You know, I the reason I like Ted. So the reason I like Ron DeSantis is I've met Ron DeSantis. I met him, his wife. He's a very personal guy. He really cares about the welfare of the people. Look in case of Florida. Florida has, during the whole COVID crisis, has been crazy. And that man has stood up and taken it. And he's taken the, any bad hits and things like that, he's taken it right on the chin. He goes, yo, I messed up. Uh, my only issue with him comes back a while back where he said something that I just was like, come on, really? But for the most part, he has stood strong and been a part of great things. All right? The opening of Florida is what really needed to keep us from going under. You know, obviously you're looking at some of the other states, and I'm going to reference them all the time because they really messed up. And we're actually seeing an influx of people moving here uh, from California, New York, and Michigan. You know, three of the worst states to handle it, all right? Did they handle it uh, completely uh, all, uh, all wrong? No, I'm sure there's stuff they did good, but I'm going to tell you from what I've seen, they ain't having it. Oh, so my second favorite uh, politician, definitely Dan, uh, definitely Rand Paul, because Rand Paul likes to hold people accountable. Now, 
Uh, he held Fauci. He's been trying to hold Fauci accountable for the things that Fauci said and done. And regardless of what you think about Fauci or anything like that, uh, there are things that you have to go out and go, why isn't anybody, you know, he, he was kind of left unchecked and he said things and he's gone back and forth on things. Whether you, whether you agree with him or not, you just need to make sure that that guy was held accountable because I feel like he's been trying to get away from something. Like he's like s- slowly taking a step back and just, oh yeah, no, I was, I was wrong here and takes another half step back. And you know, you're sitting there like, all right, Hey, come back, come back into the light. All right. You're not out of this yet. Oh, Dan Crenshaw. I like Dan Crenshaw, just former vet, really cares about the vets, uh, has, you know, zero tolerance on anything that kind of like is against America. That really resonates with me. You know, America is really great. You you may not like it uh, on the whole. It's not had the best history out there, but I'm gonna tell you, I've been to third world countries. I've been around the world a couple times and there's nothing like the States. Granted, I've been to some European countries that'll blow your mind how cool they are. America's still better. In the end, there are people day every day fighting to get in here, and I'm not gonna. I don't want people talking bad about it. Like you can sit there and say, "Yeah, you know, we had slavery." Yeah, you're right. We did have slavery. It was bad. All right, we we did bad things, but we weren't the only people in the world to do bad things. It's how we kind of recover and we do things. Now we've been doing a, a lot of great things recently. No. For the last about eight years, nah, it ain't been happening that way. Um, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is a bulldog. Absolutely straight bulldog, and you need that. I need somebody that'll have, that's going to go to fight, I feel like is fighting for me, when he, even though he may not be. You know, obviously he's Texas's uh, representative. He's not Florida's. He's still fighting for the rights of Americans, and he holds people in check, too. That's what it is. Hold somebody in check. I need people to hold me in check. I can't just go out here and say what I want to say without, you know, fear of repercussion. I need to be able to be held in check to know that what I'm doing is going to be held accountable for all that. Those are my my top five politicians right there. They need to be out there. Like, I think they're good people. Do they always have it right? No. Like I said, Ron DeSantis said some uh, stuff back last year. No. Yeah, last year that I just didn't agree with. And if you want, you just leave a comment down somewhere and we'll talk about that in another video. Uh, if you, Rand Paul, liked, uh, Rand Paul could definitely be out there a little bit more. He seems to be like dead set focused on like nailing Fauci, which I think is just not, you know, hold him accountable. I don't need him, you know, I don't need him strung up on a cross. You know, I, I don't need that. I just need the man to, you know, answer for right or wrong what he did, especially with the emails. Um, Ted Cruz or Dan Crenshaw sometimes kind of lets the squad get his goat all the time like or quite frequently he gets he lets that he goes off on aoc when he'd just be better going all right whatever i don't i don't really care um ted cruz ted cruz kind of just has some weird stuff that he does like i'm going to cancun randomly and you're like all right but granted that whole cancun incident like there what do you want a senator to do uh beto rourke was over there in texas going hey um we can do uh, we can do, that's really weird. Um, uh, somebody's trying to hack my, uh, my Instagram account. That's funny. So, um, you've got, you know, he'll go off on these random weird things that you're just like, come on, man, you just hold forth. Here's what I need you to fight for, fight for it. Uh, Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin just, I I actually really don't have anything bad to say about Joe Manchin. Like, I like Joe Manchin. The fact that he's willing to stand up against his own side when things are wrong or when things are weird really resonates with me. Like, one of my favorite quotes from my hero, and if, like, I ever get to meet Tim Pool, which would be awesome, uh, one of my things about Tim Pool that he says is, you know, that cops just leave. But in my hero... All Might, one of the first lines that All Might says in the first episode is, is sometimes being a hero means being there even when no one wants you to be. And that's what it sometimes means to be a hero. It's why it's crazy. Big All Might fan. Like, if you're going to learn one thing about me, I got like multiple All Might tattoos. I got one right here and two on my legs. I got like a bunch of all his pops that could ever come out. But when it comes to politicians, one that I, I, I honestly, I, the, the president doesn't bother me as bad as a lot. Of, I know he bothers a lot of other people. 
Um, I know he's just trying to do his best with what little he has left going on in his brain. But he, my thing that I had with him, especially over this whole summits and stuff like that, is this story right here. Biden gave uh, Putin a list of 16 critical infrastructure entities that may be off limits to say that must be off limits to cyber attacks. No. You know what's off limits to cyber attacks? America. America is off limits to cyber attacks. We are not here to give you this like ultimatum like, okay, you can't attack these 16, but if you attack all these other things, we'll, we'll just look the other way. No. America is off the targets. All right. If you want to target us, you are you're susceptible to any repercussions that come. Now, what's even worse was then when Bryden came back to talk about it, everybody's cheering him on, and he goes, well, I gave him a list of 16. I don't remember what they were. How do you not remember what they were? These are the things that you just handed this man and said no. First off, like I said, it should have just been one big-ass note card that said America. That's the, you know, granted, that's like, like a very Republican, red, white, and blue thing to go, but that's what it is. You are here for America. You're not going to attack America because it's a cy- it says right there, ready, cyber attack. All right? That, that, a cyber attack is still an attack. It's obviously not a war crime offensive or anything to go to war about, but it is something to go put a boot up someone's ass and say, no, you're not doing this. And so that's my issue with Biden right now is the fact that, like I said, he gave this little like ultimatum of like 16. You can just do these. You can't do these. President Joe Biden told reporters Wednesday he gave Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin a, a list of 16 critical infrastructure entities that must be off limits to cyber attacks. Must be. No, all of America, Mr. President, all of America. And hinted at a major retaliation from the United States would show Russia allow, uh, would should Russia allow, allow continued malign activity in the sphere. Biden speaking ahead of his press conference following the state, uh, the slate of bilateral meetings with Putin and Russian officials claimed the topic of cybersecurity was included in a discussion on establishing a mechanism for strategic uh, stability. There's, you know, I've talked to, I I wanted to say something, but I just, it's not that important. I talked about the proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off limits to attack, period, by cyber uh, or any other means. Yet again. America is off limits. America and its territories and anybody. You're not going to come in and attack. You're not going to attack Puerto Rico. You're not going to attack uh, Korea. Any place that we have, like post the territories that belong to us. Anybody that ha- that is under U.S. soil. In fact, you're not even going to attack the world. I get it. You know the world's changing. We're trying. You're trying to stay a dominant superpower and without going to ride out war, cyber attacks. No, America and its stuff are off limits. And to capitalize on that, like, why, giving him the, uh, giving him, like, these 16 things was, was ridiculous, because you're still giving him the option of this. Now, Putin did come out and say, hey, look, it's not us, it's, we've got these people in the background that are, that they're doing it out of these warehouses and stuff like that, and here's what I would have told Putin, like, if I, I, if I'm sitting in President Joe Biden, you know, you got President Slick sitting up there. President Schlick, what's, uh, what's going to be your command of Mr. Putin? And I'm going to go out and say, well, Putin, you're not going to attack America. And if you have an issue attacking America, then let's go. Well, let's work at it together. Let's figure it out. All right. Let's figure it out. And we're going to do what we can to stop it. If it's guys that are attacking from like little warehouses in, in your country, because that's what he told Biden, that it wasn't him. It was these guys over in the, uh, these little guys that are over there doing their thing. All right, cool. Let's go get them. You want a smart strike? Heck, I'll, I'll I'll loan you a drone or two if you want a smart strike their ass. Because if it, if they're coming for me, and you're not holding, you're not going after them. I'll go after them for you. By all means, I'll, I'll attack. I'll, I got guys that are ready to go that will want to bust down doors. Let's make it happen. And that's all I'm saying. All you need to do right now, Mr. President, is just hold. Hold that line and say, no, America's off limits. You know, the, I need, we need somebody tough like that. Like, uh, granted, I don't think that Trump was that tough either. Like, it just, to me, he wasn't. Like, he, I felt like he backed down on a lot of things because he didn't have the right people kind of backing him up. He also had opposition on, on sides. Was every policy he had genius? Hell no. There's some of those ones I looked at it and I was like, what the hell are you thinking? Um, but... The same thing is, is though I need when it comes to foreign policy, though he was actually doing pretty good. 
Um, he was restoring peace to the Middle East for the most part, as, you know, on the surface level. You know, you all you still have insurgent cells that are down there doing their things. Uh, Putin and, that, and China were kind of like, all right, man, we'll just do whatever you want. You got about four years, you're out anyway. So at least they were holding off. And even Korea, man, it's the first U.S. American president to go to Korea. That's a big deal, you know. And it wasn't for just a game of basketball. It was he was there. So why not? You know, when you when you're doing all this, it's okay to stand up and say no, man. You can't come after American cyber attacks. You know, maybe I, maybe we send Kamala over there. She's kind of like cold and frigid. Like I, at first, I still don't like. I don't like Kamala. It's not because she's a woman or anything like that. Before y'all go out there and start finding this video later, it's because I I think that she has her interest in her best interest in mind. Like she does a lot of things that are good for her. But in the end, isn't good for anybody else, because why would you, why would you accuse a man uh, of sexual assault, and then become his vice president? Why? Like, what, what are you, what are you looking to gain out of that? You, you did nothing by going there. Granted, I did like her speech down in Guatemala, because. Like at first when I heard it, I was like, "Wow, she's actually super cold about this," and I thought it was a lot worse. And then I listened to the whole speech, and she's like, "Look, don't come, because we're not going to take illegal immigrants anymore. We're here to take legal immigrants. We want to help you, but if you're going to do this illegally, we can't do this. So go back and watch it. You can find the speech on Politico. Like you, as cold as you want it to be, she's she just pretty much became uh, what the last what the last presidency was." Was hey, cold and cold and for, uh, cold and forthcoming to, you know, the immigration process. It's a terrible process; needs to be worked out. But maybe she'd have told Putin the same thing. Look, you ain't you ain't cyber attacking America. No, it ain't happening. I mean, she'd never made it to the G seven summit because she don't go anywhere. But she'd uh, <laughs> she'd have been <laughs> at least she'd have said this whole sixteen critical infrastructure things. It'd have been like just. America is a is off limits. We are off limits. It should have said Biden gave gave Putin a warning that uh, we are off limits to cyber attacks. So that's my little political story for the go. But uh, time for my fun story. I, I've I've thought about this one all week. I've been excited. This is the one I wanted to do a bit. I was gonna try and like do like a a radio audio bit where I did a. Uh, something on this. She, Tessica, Tessica Brown, otherwise known as the Gorilla Glue Girl, has announced the release of her own hair care line months after she went viral for spraying it in her tresses with adhesive. Uh, she had to go have that stuff surgically removed. It was a big deal. Brown shared the news in an Instagram video yesterday showing one of her new products, a hair oil, as a part of her line ironically named Forever Hair. As y'all already know, about four months ago, I ran out of hairspray and ended up using Gorilla Glue spray. Bad idea. Bad, bad idea. My common sense, my common senses are tingling. As a result of that, I ended up losing my hair and having a scalp damage. But since I have been working pr with professionals to create and formulate a hair growth oil, uh, according to Brown, she needed uh, oil to help heal her scalp and grow her hair back. She claims to have used the oil for two months and has already noticed beneficial effects. In February, Brown took to the internet by storm when she shared the video of the aftermath using her gorilla glue. You could bounce quarters off her hair. It was that stiff. Like, it, it, like just watching it was hilarious. I like, look, if you're going to be stupid on the internet, somebody's going to laugh at you. Uh, she ran out of her... Uh, Ran out of running out of her got to be glued hairspray. The bottles uh, look somewhat similar, both in effects, but couldn't see about. I wonder how her lawsuit turned out. Uh, it's uh, it's really weird. Uh, she went and sued Gorilla Glue because you know she did all this, and then they were like, "No, you're." Uh, we'll figure out. I'm gonna figure out here in a bit after that, but I want to do this. Uh, we are aware of the situation. We were sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident Miss Brown experienced using our spray adhesive on her hair, said Gorilla Glue in a statement line. After an unsu uh, unsuccessful visit to the ER and being advised to use oils and acetone to remove it, Brown was left with no better position than before. Luckily, uh, Beverly Hills plastic st uh, surgeon Dr. Michael Obang offered to perform the uh, $12,500 procedure for free using a medical-grade adhesive remover on her while under, the light, uh, under a light anesthesia. 
so you know why he did it for free i think there was when i read the story it was kind of like all right i see what you're doing here i'm not going to comment on it i think he nice guy though to do that for free nice guy um brown obliged the moment uh that that it was so 2021 it hurts tmz even filmed the procedure before posting it online that's pretty crazy that's that's part of what right there tmz whenever they get their hands on it it was horrible. I was scared and even bring it social media because I knew I was going to get backlash. Well, duh. Brown told us today, but at the end of the day, I'm glad I put it on social media because I did get the help that I needed. Months on, on however, Brown's now capitalizing on her misfortune, introducing followers to the three product line. Forever Hair includes $18 stimulating hair oil. I'm going to have to get some of this. And I think I might do that to figure out how to get up my hands on this stuff and see if it actually works for me. We'll do like a two-month test of this. Uh, $14 holding hairspray coming soon. Edge of control. Followers rushed to congratulate Brown on her new business on social media, including Dr. Obang himself, who commented, Congratulations, Tessica. God is good, and may he continue to bless you. Hey, nice guy. Nice guy. Like, I, I just, I kind of, we can see the post on Instagram. Whoa! Jesus. Please tell me this. I thought Beetlejuice was here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's bad, but her stuff is bad. Oh, man. Um, I wonder who tried logging into my Instagram earlier. So, you know, she's got this new product outline, and it's called Forever Hold, and I have something for her, and hopefully she'll take my ideas. I know I'm a nobody that's got, like, nobody really watching, and that's fine, but eventually I might have somebody watching, and they're going to go back in, and they go, test. this guy had some really good ideas written down for you. So I have taglines for her business. I, uh, yep, that's me logging into my Instagram, telling me I logged into it. All right, so the taglines for Forever Hold. Forever, forever hold, snot coming out. Forever hold, it'll stick like glue. This one's my favorite. This was the first one I actually come up with. I was like, forever hold, man, this shit be sticking. Forever hold, the brand that's stuck. Um, and then the last one, forever hold, it keeps going, or sorry, it keeps sticking and sticking and sticking. It's kind of like the it keeps going from Energizer batteries. That was. My five taglines, I, I honestly think that she should, like, you know, forever hold. Man, that shit be sticking. Because I'm going to tell you that, oh, it's, it's grody. So, hey, let's, let's listen to her announcement. Oh, Jesus, that's loud. Um, yeah, I don't have that pre, pre-rolled, pre so I'm not going to do it. She's looking a lot better, though, for it now. Like, this, I guess, is, like, right after that. Um, that's the hair growth oil. I'm going to have to get some of that. But, um, you know, <laughs> like, right there, that, I'm telling you, she just... This looks great. This, not so much. Like, man, that's the... Like, you could probably throw a quarter and it bounce. Like, that's a superpower almost. Oh, man. So, she, like I said, I, I, I honestly like her like this. I think she's much more gorgeous with that short, kind of like that bobby weave right there. I think that's great. This is like the pre-thing before she had her scalp cut up. Um, but that's, that's, that's good. Uh, no, we're not throwing those in the... That's wild, Babs. Babs is awesome. If anybody in the Tampa Bay area should listen to 94.1, Babs is cool as hell. Uh, I've gotten to meet her. Uh, she started working at her, when she started in radio, she started working for a guy that I remember listening to back when I was down in the Fort Myers area. So, but, you know, if you're going to do stupid stuff on the internet, you're going to get called out for it. And that's fine. Like, what do you, what do you expect? I, I don't expect everybody always to be the, you know, the million dollar man, uh, you know, that's going to come out and have the greatest, the, you know, a great, vi- most viral videos is some idiot doing things. That's where you get the, the challenges and things like that, because you have, um, you have the, like the Tide Pod challenge, people are eating the, the shake powders, things like that. Like, there's always a new one that's, that's kind of coming through, and that's just... Why, man? I get it. It's kind of cool. Like the ice bucket challenge was great. You know, it was bringing a a call, uh, you know, note to a cause and stuff like that. But I, I, I kind of one of those. I'm in that boat of where if you are doing a charity on like a stream or something like that, like instead of like donating what they really need, it's kind of like money. Money is what they truly need. But that's that's where I'm kind of. You know, hey, give them, give just give them money. Like, don't don't go out there with that Bible saying. For those of you, I'm not a religious person, by the way. I very much 
I, and I don't believe that you shouldn't have religion. I think that religion is a great deal for people. It helps people through things that I obviously can never hand. Uh, in the Army, I tell all my NCOs that I have uh, under me, I was like, hey, make sure you have the chaplain's number. And the reason why I say is because sometimes there are just problems that we are not equipped to handle as leaders. But one of the tools that we have is the chaplain. And he does a great job of covering down where you need to. You know, you're going to probably hear about people with like 22 vets a day, things like that. The, the Army chaplain is a great guy because he's helped. I've had soldiers that have lost family members who have thought about committing suicide, who've had financial issues and all sorts of stuff. And he, it's like having the multipurpose knife. Your chaplain is a multipurpose knife. Because he, whatever he, he can't fix with one thing, he's just going to flip something else over, and he's going to be like, yep, this will do it right here. He's a roll of duct tape and a pair of ice grips in a box or in a body. All right? And I have multiple chaplains on my, my phone. I always know where I can go to find one. And if you're in the Army and you end up catching this video and stuff like that, find out who your chaplain is. Put his number in your phones. If you're ever feeling like you're having an off day and you just need somebody to talk to you, you can request to see the chaplain without repercussions, all right? You obviously don't, you're not going to be able to get away with it. If you're coming into forest formation and somebody's like, oh, I'll, you're going to be late, and you're like, oh, I just want to see the chaplain. No, take your lickings, you're wrong. But we, we still have to make, as leaders, we have to make time for you. Uh, a little side story was when I was down in Sarasota, I was running a, running a site for COVID, uh, one of my soldiers is like, hey, like, I'm just having, uh, I was like, hey, guys, the chaplain's coming by. My soldier's like, hey, can I talk to him? I was like, of course, man. I, I'm not going to stop. I can't stop you. That's that's your moment right there. That's you in combat Jesus. And so they went over and they had their conversation. Uh, it was about an hour. I, I, I stepped in. We didn't really, we weren't like really hurting for people. So it wasn't like I had to step in. I was able to continue what I was doing the mission continued happening. Like I, That's your thing. If you're going to go see the chaplain, you as a leader have got to be able to make sure that you're, the job is going to get down. It's always meeting the commander's intent, which is the mission. Um, at the end of it, he came back to me and he goes, hey, uh, Sergeant Donaldson, that was, it was a really great thing that you did. Not many people would have made time for me. I was like, buddy, that, what do you mean? That's, that's our goal. Our goal is to make sure that you get everything that you need to be taken care of. And you as a soldier have to be taken care of like that. I can't just not let, let you see this guy because I don't know what you're going through unless you tell me. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you're not a good leader because your soldier didn't want to talk to you. Like, it's not that at all. Sometimes people just don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable telling my life to everybody. There's a very few people in the Army that know the inner workings of my life. You know, the issues and the mental trials that I go through because... I, I, I'm a very well-kept person. Like, I don't really have a whole lot of things that just I'm a, I am go out and talk about. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a private to a point. I Like, I want to know your story. I think everybody else's story out there is so amazing. Everybody's got a great story to tell. You just have to sit down and listen to them. And I'm always willing to hear your story, hear how you got to, from point A to point B. And, but my story is really not that great. It's the same story I've told a thousand times. And it's just, you know, it's me telling my own story. But I don't tell all that to. There's very, like I said, I have select friends in the army that I, you know, I have my my best friend in the army. Uh, he's a recruiter now over in a, over in a different part of the state, and he's a great guy. He's one of the few guys that I've been able to trust with like the inner things. He's somebody that comes down and he's held me accountable for every dumb decision I've ever made in the army since being up under him as because uh, I was in his I was on his section, and. He held me. He's like, yo, that was stupid. Why did you do that? I was like, well, because it seemed like a good idea at the time, and it worked. But you're right. It could have been done better um, in in multiple situations like that. And he, he was real with me, where a lot of people never wanted to be real with me. And I, it, it hurt because I, I don't need somebody to tell me. I don't need somebody to, hurt, to not hurt my You're going to hurt my feelings one way. And I'm probably going to be mad about it at first until I start, until I get the chance to like sit back Think about why I did something and why you were getting on to me, and then I'm going to come back and go, okay, he was, probably, he was right. Or it may even be wrong. i got situations like that where people come on and they're like, oh, well, you're wrong, and it's like, but I'm not. And I, I stewed on it longer than that. But 
these people, there's very few people that you can talk to. If you feel like there's very few people to talk to, the chaplain's one of them. Chaplain should be somebody anybody can talk to. And sometimes I've had to call him and say, hey, look, this is the soldier's information. He may not want to talk to talk to you openly, but here's what's going on. And people are like, oh, you're violating your soldier's trust. My 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 number one priority is the well-being of my soldiers. And if it means that they don't trust me, but tomorrow I'm going to get to see them or I know that I'm not going to have to take a call or give a call or go to the hospital to go see the soldier to consult, uh, to consult his wife or something like that, hands down, your trust, I'm going to have to give it away to make sure that you're here tomorrow because somebody there are people out there that depend on you. Um, and the chaplain can do that. The chaplain is an amazing person for that. The Army actually has these these programs for you. So if you're uh, somebody who comes across this stream and you're a leader, a brand-new leader in the Army, I'm an E6. I'm a staff sergeant. Uh, for those of you who want to Google it and stuff like that, that's my rank. I love being a staff sergeant. It's been the best so far, and, I, and things I've learned at this level far surpass anything I think I've ever learned in the Army. And the one thing I've learned, and I can tell you as a leader, is that you need to go in and find that guy. Find the chaplain. He will help you in your darkest of times, whether it's you, a soldier, or anything like that. You're going to be glad that you had his number that you were able to give it because you're going to be able to look back and go, okay, he's okay. Because the chaplain's going to do it. I guarantee you the chaplain will, if there's anybody that can save a life, it'll be the chaplain. So, But enough about my military talk and stuff like that. I know we kind of got well off course of talking things like that. And sometimes that's going to happen. I love being able to get wa- different stuff. Um, I know <laughs> my, my dumb taglines were probably not the greatest, but I'm going to work on it. That's the whole idea of the show is I'm actually practicing to be on a radio show one day. I'm excited. I hear a lot of radio shows nowadays that are just absolute garbage, and they're like they're trying to claim to be the, the, the most shocking thing in radio. And I'm like, man, I, I work for, ra- for real shock radio. Like When you ha- work for a show that people... Um, people still talk about throughout the country. I guarantee you can go to any state and talk about the Bubba the Love Sponge show back in his prime. All right, I'm not talking about current day or anything in the last few years. Nothing against the guy, the big guy. I, I think the world of him. I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from the people over there. But um, times have changed. Shows not. Or I think it may even be the back way around. I think if it's, if the show would have stayed the same a little bit. And just left it with the time and watched the times go around it. I think it'd probably been a little bit better. There was a great time, um, but there's shock radio out there that try thinks they're shocking. Like one of the shows that I've heard out there is like we're gonna be the we're like the gayest show in radio. I was like, okay, cool. Who's your go-to gay guy in the in the studio? Who right now? Got gun to your head. You gotta pull. You gotta perform perform a gay act on this person, uh, male to female, fe- or male to male, female to female. Who who in the studio are you gonna do it? Like, come on, tell me that. And they're like, and it just went on about just some weird gay jokes. I was like, that's all right. That's not being gay. That's and that's fine. But you, you, you can't be shocking, and it's it's hard for you even to be shocking on on these outlets anymore. You know, you're gonna get banned. Like, I, I have, I'm a no name somebody. So until I actually get like two followers, am I actually gonna get a, anybody that's uh? Before I get any followers, am I going to get anybody that's uh, going to come out and call me out on that? But it's it's the it's the idea that shock radio was great, absolutely wonderful, because it was something edgy. It was something that you you expect out of a TV show nowadays. It was South Park, but when you were driving down in your car, you're listening in, you're going, oh yeah, I can see myself doing this, and that was great. Hey, you you there's all the different bits and you can actually go find a lot of the bits. If you were like a big bubble, the love sponge fan, I was never part of any bits. I, I was just an intern. I was a back, a backhand back of the door kind of guy just stayed in the bullpen, but I was part of a couple of stunts and some of the things with the cam girls. It was awesome. But if you want to go listen to those bits and stuff like that, there there's the archives and they were great. They were like Ned calls in about calls into Hasbro. You've got a Manson bit. You got 25 doing his thing. You've got all those different stuffs that they did and it was genius and it still is for its time you go back in there and it's the things that you have to edit out heavily because there's so many things you can't say and it's just bad but it was great it's that's the thing about shock radio it's how far can if if this is the line 
how close can we get to the line without actually going over before the FCC comes comes in and kicks our ass? Like, what are you going to do about that? That's just what it is. So now you get you get these guys out there that are you know they want to be they're talk shows. That's all they are. Like nothing. I, I think the world of Howard Stern. That guy set the standard. Like here's the standard. Howard Stern, Bubba. There's a couple others that like Opie and Anthony were kind of like right there too. I think a lot of their shock value came from some of the comedians they got on there. Great guys though. Uh, mine was, uh, I think, what was it? Opie's, uh, Opie's, uh, Opie or Anthony won. They had the racist tirade. Um, and that when they set that standard for people that were out there doing their thing, it, it, that was it. Go back in and look at the history of shock radio, power pig, uh, Howard Stern, Bubba, Cowhead, uh, not Calta, like uh, Cowhead the radio producer, or radio show, Um, because there was, there's the Mike Calta, but that's not the one I was thinking of, it's it's not the Cowhead show, wow, that's actually an old, I wonder if that link still works, that's crazy, Um, that, that would actually even still be a thing. Whoa, it's an old clip from back when Dinah was on the show. That's wild. But there, um, there's there was another guy like uh, there was another guy that was out there that was also named Calta. He was good. He was like a real early morning guy. I, I thought it was great, uh, real bang up show. But these guys, uh, you know, and, and you, I talked to some of the old dudes that are in the buildings that I work in right now on radio, and they get to talk to him about. The uh, I see I have one viewer out there. Hey, whoever you are in the viewer, just uh, throw out a, throw out a hey, say what's up. I appreciate you viewing the channel, man. Uh, I'm sorry that it took me so long to notice you. I think uh, for those of you who don't know, this is the Slick Show. This is my one hour radio show from the night uh, every Friday night from nine to ten. I, you know, eventually I'll probably go longer, but right now I just want to kind of keep it small, and smooth. Uh, work on work on the fundamentals get things going. So thank you, uh, whoever you are viewing. I appreciate you viewing this. That, that actually means a lot to me. But, you know, go back out there. I can tell you, you can watch the, for those of you who don't know who may catch this and you were like, oh, Bob loves Sponge. I ain't heard of that guy. He still streams on Twitch. You can find him Monday through Fridays. Uh, Manson does his own show. You know, there's a whole fallout between them. You can go over to Manson's page and Manson explains it greatly. Uh, Ned even does his own show too over with Manson. Um, 25 is up to different things. I haven't talked to 25 in quite a while, and I miss 25. 25 was great. Uh, and there's a few other people that I'd love to mention that have been out there and doing the shows. You can still catch their content. It's out there. Uh, don't let shock radio die because we don't want to be offended. And this is going to go into that PC cancel culture thing. Like, I don't... Don't cancel it. If it's bad, it's bad. Just let them know. Hey, you're an idiot. You messed up. Don't do that again, okay? You know, but even then... You know, comedians nowadays are coming out and they're like, it's hard to do comedy because we got to worry about what we can and say. And there's like a few good, uh, a few funny videos out there of people who are uh, watching and they're like, ah, yeah, you know, uh, this is what they're they're watching these videos. And it's like Babylon B videos of like what woke comedy looks like. And it's just like bland jokes about white guys. White guys aren't funny. All right. We're here to be made fun of. All right. I'm. I'm proof for you. I'm I'm that dorky, freaking nerdy white dude. That's what it is. But, you know, you you got into the PC part of it. Like even Sarah Silverman had to come back and like she was like, oh, I can't even do this anymore because it's just not the same. It was like, well, you've done this to yourself. You went into this council culture. You know, if if things are messed up, and that's the thing about free speech, that a lot of people may not understand. The Second Amendment does give you the right to say whatever you want to say. That's cool. That doesn't mean you're not free from repercussions. If you say something that's blatantly racist, I'm not going to associate with you. There are plenty of people that I just don't associate with because in my hometown because I know the kind of company they keep, and I want no part of that. They are the worst people out there. If you're going to hate somebody because based on their skin color, you're not a person to me. You've, you have evolved to less than a human being. All right. So if you say something that's racist or something that's stupid, you know, you go out there and you say you're going to kill somebody. 
you're not you're not without those repercussions. All right? That's the thing. You are not going to go out there and get away with just oh well, I I have free speech. I can say this as part of the second amendment. That's not how that works. So I'm people are going to disassociate with you. Like the the female soccer player who just got picked up by Victoria's Secrets, they already started going after her. They legitimately started going after her because they went back and found a tweet of hers from way back that said that this dude looked like he was Asian because of his squinty eyes. And now they're coming to cancel her. And I was like, you said something wrong. You know, come out. Hey, look, I was an idiot. I shouldn't have said something so stupid. And that's the end of that. But then, you know, that's the question that we're going to get into is like what kind of like what varies between what is considered okay to make fun of and not. Like if you ask me, I think everything should be able to be made fun of. You can make fun of white people, make fun of white people. You can make fun of black people, make fun of black people. You can make fun of blue, the blue people, make fun of the blue people. If it's something funny. Now, if you're going out there and, you know, some of the best comedy from even from comedians who are making fun of those those stereotypes is because that's what they are. They're just stereotypes. I've got no freaking rhythm. Let's make fun of that all damn day. It's just the truth. And it's okay. I'm not going to hold it against you. It's not like you're coming out and saying that every, um, that all your problems are caused because of somebody like me. Well, that's because of my skin color. That's, that's terrible, man. That, that's straight up racism. You're judging me by the content of my, the color of my skin and not the content of my character. I'm, I like to think that I'm a, just a generally average bang up guy, but you know, you don't judge me because of my skin color. Get to know me. At least get to know that I'm an asshole first and then call me an asshole. I don't, don't, don't just go out there and hate on me for that. But what, what more can you really, what, what, what more can you really ask for out of that? Just don't, don't go out there and not make fun and not do the joke because it's offensive like, let it be offensive. If it's offensive, it may be something that we need to look at. And I guess, I guess I'm backtracking a little bit and going, oh, well, you know, I guess if it's offensive. Like, if you're going out there and you're doing Ku Klux Klan level stuff, Black Panthers level stuff, uh, China level stuff, then I have issues with that. Like, if you're, like, I, I just don't associate with you. If you're going to associate with those two groups, I don't want any part of you. There's nothing good that comes out of those two groups. I'm going to tell you now. Yes, the KKK should be on the domestic terrorism the domestic terrorism list. Should have been on there a long time ago. As soon as civil, uh, even before civil rights, like civil rights obviously shouldn't have been a thing. But as soon as the civil rights act was signed, next day KKK, your ass is on the t- on the watch list. Ain't having none of that. The fact that it got to go on as long as it did was a was a pretty big stain. The fact that it still goes on nowadays that's a pretty big stain. You know. I, I, there's a whole list of things, and I think that'll probably be in a later video of my my five things of that should have been on the terrorism list a long time ago, and that includes women in yoga shorts, or yoga pants, anything that looks that good. It can be can't be uh, non dangerous at all. It's like a that's like like looking at a peacock. It's got a beautiful tail feathers, but it's there to it should be there to scare you off, not entice you. Like a flower with a like a beautiful flower with a scent. Uh, we got a couple minutes left before I call it a night. Uh, I do, like I said, this show runs for about an hour. Uh, I do want to talk about this this story happening in Greenville, North Carolina, from uh, SF Gate. Uh, there's a man accused of faking a kidnapping to scam his grandparents. Uh, a man faked his kidnapping. And if you can, if you're you're my one viewer and you're catching up to this, uh, throw me a message of what you think this dude's, um, what you think this guy did. And we'll see what she did. I can tell you, it's why he scan- why he needed the money from his grandparents. So the man faking his kidnapping to get ransom money out of his grandparents, Aaron's, uh, the Pitt County Sheriff's Office is a new release, and deputies received a call on Thursday from a person who, who said his grandson had been kidnapped and that his abductors demanded a ransom. Now we don't negotiate with terrorists. 
According to the release, and Jeremy Nicholas, 34, Grimesland returned to his parents' home unarmed after detectives determined kidnapping was a hoax created by Nicholas so that he could pay off a drug dealer because I've only got like a minute left. Um, the sheriff's office charged Nicholas was extortion and conspiracy to obtain property of false pretense. He is jailed on a $175,000 bond, which I don't think he's going to be able to pay. Imagine trying to explain that one to the uh, bail bondsman. Well, um, I'm going to go outside real quick and make a call. Lee, Mr. Bell Bondsman, I'm holding Nicholas. I'm holding Jeremy hostage for $175,000. You better pay it. Um, and he, hopefully he's not going to do the same thing as Ronnie O'Neill and defend himself. So, hey, with that to be in the music, that's the out. I just want to thank everybody, uh, my one viewer right now. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming out and doing everything you did for me. You know, that, that makes a lot. This is the Slick Show. I am Slick. And we are, we'll be back next Friday, same time, 9 o'clock, 9 to 10, for a whole new, uh, a whole new show with new stuff. And hopefully it'll get better. That's, that's the idea at least. So I, um, yeah, I think it'll be all right. So with that being said, I'm out. Hey, I appreciate you guys tuning in to the Slick Show with me, Slick. Be sure to check me out every Friday from 9 Eastern for a new show. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at ThatGuySlick or on Instagram at SlickBTLS. But until next time, keep on rocking.